Welcome to Common Science, and this week we have a story cast. And for the, those of our listeners who are not familiar with that, once every four episodes, just myself, Aiden, uh, takes on another common scientist onto the cast, and we talk about their life and and figure out their story and, and where they find science in their daily life and how they can live a more meaningful life through science. And this week we got Bryn Shank on, who's a good buddy of mine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> good, good soccer playing, playing pal of mine. Um, and yeah, we have him on and I'll let him do a, a brief introduction about like where he's at in life. Yeah, so I'm 25, um, living in St. Paul, Minnesota. Right now I do energy auditing. So what that is is I go into people's homes and kind of evaluate to see how they can save energy. So going in their attics, looking at insulation, kind of looking at their furnace or heating system, see how efficient it is. Um, basically helping people save energy and be more comfortable in their homes. Um, been doing that for about three years now. Um, before that, you know, I graduated high school and. 2014 and kind of had a section of life where I was just trying to figure out a little bit but uh now I feel like I'm kind of got a path so it's it's good it's good now that's awesome that's awesome yeah something that's super true of the early early 20s and, and late teens is the uncertainty of the future and, and trying to figure out what a what a good path would be for for you uh so energy auditing um, but you graduated from high school in 2014. So winding back to 2014, what was Bryn thinking as far as his, his next step? Well, Bryn was thinking that he was going to go to college and he was going to study environmental studies. So not that different kind of from what I now. So still had an idea. I wanted to do environmental stuff. Um, kind of got interested in that in high school and just about climate change and as we know all the crazy stuff with climate change it's currently what june july 20 something and we've got smoke from northern minnesota because of wildfires so it's really present um but yeah in 2014 i was yeah i think i was gonna go to college play soccer and kind of that was kind of my main goal and do that but uh yeah, I kind of had a little bit of like some mental health stuff going on mm-hmm. and I had to kind of take a break and towards the end of high school there was some stuff going on too and I, I don't know if I fully like addressed that and I kind of thought college would solve everything and it definitely did not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I kind of just had to take some time to work on me and kind of how I had to deal with stuff in my life and but then... uh yeah, then I figured out, you know, there's other pathways and stuff, and it doesn't mean that it's over, I guess, because that was kind of a hard part for a while, so. Yeah, that's super, super fair. I think, um, yeah, one thing, so to our listeners, uh, I met Bryn a bit back playing on the same soccer team, and then we happened to move into the same apartment building together. I had... (laughs) I had moved into uh, this apartment building in St. Paul and didn't know anybody in the building, didn't think I would know anybody in the building, and um, I had just started playing soccer with Brent at the, about the same time and didn't know him that well, 
And sure enough, he noticed my last name on the mailbox in the the apartment building (laughs) and and brought it up to me. And uh, since then, we've gotten to know each other a heck of a lot more. And so that just reminds me how, uh, I mean, random life can be. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been awesome. Um, And as far as getting to know Bryn, one thing is so his dad is a professor and his mom uh yep. teacher yeah you and, got it uh brother like did the higher ed kind of train older brother right yep older brother very academic focused family so yeah and and that must have been i mean really tough what was the when or how did the realization happen that you like college was not the fit for you um I don't know if I'd say it, you know, wasn't hundred percent a fit, but I, it wasn't working out at the time. Were you in, did you go to college? Yeah. So I went to Earlham college. It's mm. a small liberal arts college in Richmond, Indiana. Yeah. Um, I was there for, uh, about a semester or so. Um, you know, part of it is I went there to play soccer. And so you get there kind of before everyone gets there and yeah. you kind of make friends with all the soccer people, but I didn't really find all the soccer people that like wanted to be friends with all of them, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was tough. It's like you get into clicks, I guess, and like kind of meet new people. Um, but I guess, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't really have, I was like struggling for motivation to want to like read the mm-hmm. stuff or like mm-hmm. learn the things. And I was like, what's going on? And I just like, didn't want to, do that so yeah it was uh, there was a period of time where i was like oh i just gotta like force myself i gotta force my like will myself to do that but you can't really do that for four years yeah that's a long time that's gonna be brutal so you have to have some desire and then it was this whole thing of like is this desire just not having it like real or is it just like in my head and that was a struggle too yeah um but yeah yeah, i mean there was basically a period where i like didn't really go out of my dorm that much for like Mm. probably a week and that's kind of when i was like all right this is something's going on here and it's not healthy and that's when i had to like yeah go home and kind of reset a bit so yeah yeah and that's that's okay i mean like that's also a reminder too that like a windy path is just how how life works uh, oftentimes and and like taking us a, a step what might feel like backwards or sideways can end up working out in your favor because I mean like you said it sounds like you've got an awesome path now um, but environmental science and like did it how did it your concern for the environment at all play into the like hesitation or like the resistance behind hitting the books um, or like yeah what do you think because for me for example with covid i was like i was studying for the mcat and i was just feeling useless <laughs> like i was just sitting there hitting the books and like there's obviously a pandemic going on um and so yeah i don't know if it was that any part of it or like what what would you contribute it to i mean sure there's lots of different factors and variables uh i'd say yeah for sure i mean that's 
I'd say the whole thing was like definitely built up to that moment and it started in high school but in high school I was doing a lot of environmental activism stuff and yeah that's kind of community is very engaged and it's it's just like a sense of urgency 24/7 because when you actually look at these problems you're like oh my god how can i just go back to living normally right. and and so that was definitely part of it cuz i was yeah felt useless i guess or felt like certain stuff wasn't as important yeah um, less of that when i got to college but that was definitely the case in high school where it was hard to like not want to just be like i should go like be doing rallies or something and right. like i shouldn't be filling out worksheets <laughs> um yeah but yeah i mean because it's scary when you start to look at all the stuff around climate science and like if you actually start to dig into it it's in a very losing battle so yeah um but you say it's it's a losing battle, but it's still a battle. What sorts of... So for people who are less familiar or maybe less involved, what sorts of things would you say as far as uh, like actions that they might take? Or Because obviously it is still a battle and like there, there has to be some, some hope uh, to, to turn some... Uh, the ship in the right direction uh so like what sorts of either resources would you suggest or actions would you suggest um i'd suggest if you're like looking into getting a new car or like getting a car to think about getting an electric car now mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's kind of at the stage right now it's your little i know you guys had a podcast on electric vehicles so yeah it's a uh, little challenging right now but like these if you get one now, you kind of help that movement and be an early adopter. Yep. And there's a lot of people who think that they maybe can't afford it, but if you kind of dig into it and maybe get a used one, or if you don't drive a lot, it's actually easier than you think. Yeah. Um, I'd recommend people like kind of just follow the news stories, you know, like follow the news around like what's happening in California with wildfires or storms like that and uh natural disasters because if you just start to see it more you, you realize it's it's not like the problem with climate change so much was oh it's like 50 years in the future like we'll be dealing that in 2100 but it's like no it's it's now it's, yeah the time is now the time it's happening now um i felt a little bit guilty but i've been trying to follow this uh pipeline that's been kind of being fought in northern mm -hmm. minnesota it's called line three yeah. It's basically a pipeline to bring oil from Canada down to ports. I'm not actually even sure exactly where it's being delivered, but it's safer than train basically is the idea. But yeah. the reason it's being fought and should be fought is because that's infrastructure you're putting in for the next, you know, fifty, hundred years and Right. If we wanna make any progress with climate change, we shouldn't be building new fossil fuel infrastructure. Right. So, and that, yeah, fossil fuels cause climate change. So, if <laughs> right. people don't know that, but yeah, yeah, that's all, all super fair. Um, I think, yeah, the, the electric car, uh, I'm a little, 
bums because I got my vehicle a few years back before I became much more aware of these issues. Uh, but yeah, I think that like on that, that's a po definitely a popular misconception. What you're saying about the price of electric cars. Uh, I know Dre in some of his research, he actually like back in the electric cars episode, he talks more about the specific numbers behind it. And yeah, like because of the main, the general takeaway that he had was that the maintenance of electric cars tends to be quite a bit less. So over the lifetime of a vehicle, it's it's more affordable. Um, but yeah, beyond that too, uh, I think one thing that has been challenging for me that I think with the news in particular is how it can feel kind of clickbaity sometimes so when you say following it uh it can be challenging to stay engaged and from in my own experience it can be challenging to stay engaged when it can feel like it's bringing you down uh and and contributing to whatever mental health problems that exist today uh like how how do you how do you manage that relationship of being aware of all these big problems but also like staying so, optimistic or staying so constant life struggle yeah you ever learning how to do it and you'll get better at it and better at it i feel like and then you die honestly like it's never like it's never done i guess um yeah and just trying to folk yeah it's it's just balancing because you can't be doing it a hundred percent you know humans are not designed to do that humans are not designed to be stressed 100 percent of the time yeah. mm -hmm. um so it's just trying to make the most of what you can do and just yeah you know i it took me a long time but you know better is um don't be let don't let perfect be the enemy of like good or whatever yeah. so that was a challenge for me for a while and yeah yeah progress is better than doing nothing so right yeah that's it's still it's still even a, a little bit for me. yeah it's still a challenge for me like especially uh yeah i mean just across the board in my lifetime like wanting to have perfect has inhibited me to just take a step in any direction uh and so the most concrete example for me is the is the podcast and putting episodes out there it's because obviously there's this vision of having a well-produced whatever like intro outro all these things but realistically one step at a time um as far as the minnesota pipeline uh what would you say like the average common scientist could do to to get engaged with speaking out against fossil fuel infrastructure build outs I think just talking about it is good. Yeah. Like just having, because it still doesn't get as much news coverage as I want it to. So yeah. just kind of average people knowing more about it helps a lot. So just talking about it, like talking to your friends and family, being like, you know, this is going on. Um, the average person probably doesn't want to go get arrested. So <laughs> I understand that. Uh, yeah. There are ways you can donate, though, if you look up on the internet or facebook there are ways you can donate because people are basically living up there like 24 7 in camps so they need tons of supplies and, yeah and stuff like that to so, protest to protest yeah. basically yeah and 
Um, I've donated a bit, but yeah, I feel like I could be doing more, but, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, the, oh, the classic one is just, yeah. Contact if you have reps or like your yeah. state legislator, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It just, you call or send an email and just say, I really care about this. Please, you know, do what you can to like not support the construction of this pipeline. Yeah. And yeah. those are three things you can do, I guess. Yeah. That's super, super fair. Yeah. A lot of times, um, yeah, I think awareness is definitely the first step, but then taking it the next step further, uh, with putting your dollars where your mouth might be. Uh, one thing that stands out to me uh, about you is so you're one of our, our first three Patreon subscribers <laughs> and supporters. And I mean, obviously also you try to, to donate to causes you believe in, in in the environmental space and uh, in the political space as well. Uh, like, what would you say to somebody who like, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty common where people will like either through the free rider problem or, or yeah, like passing the buck on to other people. Like, how would you, what would you say to people who uh, are a little hesitant to, to donate to any cause? I would say, I I guess I don't know how to fully describe it, but I guess I kind of learned on early on in my life and maybe it was from having to like organize like at an early age, like events Mm -hmm. or something. It's truly astonishing how much effort and work it takes to even accomplish the littlest of things. Yeah. And so it's really easy to interpret stuff if you haven't had anything to do with it being like, oh, this just kind of happened. Right. But that's like not the case. Or, I mean, I remember learning like, you know, every time you go to the grocery store and what you buy, they're tracking that. They're learning that. They're doing all of that. And so they're, you know... Everything is so meticulously designed and, like, learned. So it's just, like, all the effort and stuff that goes into everything. So that's kind of what I would try and encourage people to kind of recognize that, even though if it doesn't look like that, and then just try and um, support stuff with you can. So, yeah, I feel – I know this podcast takes a lot of effort and – I don't listen every week, so, but I know it takes effort and I appreciate what you guys do. So I try to help out a little bit more. Yeah. I could maybe give more promote. Then that's always the challenge. That's always the challenge of like, when's enough enough. And, but also like the good versus perfect. And also, I mean, everybody's got to take care of themselves as well too. Uh, so, I mean, giving what you can, I think is, is a good, good message for sure. Uh, and like finding what feels good or feels right and just yeah stuff doesn't happen out of nothing so if you like stuff you gotta you gotta support it otherwise it's not gonna be around i guess yeah yeah that's super true i think one thing that's really challenging in the the content creating space uh is there's the the ad model that has uh has kind of made many people and i find myself also resistant of paywalls and so it's philosophical it's a philosophical <laughs> a debate. Real challenge and it's a philosophical debate because it's like man all these advertisements uh they do subsidize a lot of the information that we consume but like 
what does that mean? Uh, like, how is it influencing it? But anyways, yeah, you're so right that it is a philosophical debate and could be a whole nother cast. Uh, yeah. So anyways, um, getting back to, I mean, so I, I, to, to segue a little bit from the, the supporting, um, like a cause bigger than yourself, um, and recognizing people who are, who are trying to do good. Um, one of the main points of this podcast, common science is to make science common and, and get people to be more engaged with the process of science. Uh, yeah, not just people with letters behind their names. Uh, I was curious, especially your position having grown up with family who uh, is quite like higher ed focused uh, and then having not gone to college and having like found a place for yourself. Uh, there is a mistrust in science that is pretty significant. Uh, what sorts of like I just think to this awesome example you're you're where I'm doing I'm as a person who's in science and doing a research project on invasive species brain is like oh I hire a marketing guy to to get people to eat carp and it's like this idea that I had never thought of um so like I'm just curious what uh sorts of ideas you might have as far as building these bridges and these connections I think it comes from just normalizing that everybody is valued, you know? And even if you don't have letters behind your names, it's like to get everything done, everyone has value. So, like, even though the janitor is, like, lowly and doesn't maybe get paid a lot, you know, if you try to do work in a super messy space, you're never going to be able to do work. So I think it's coming from that angle like you're not mm -hmm. higher or better than anyone else and that all work is has to play a role in something getting done yeah um and then as to building bridges um just trying to come at it with an approach that even if you feel like you don't have anything to learn from somebody else that you you might be able to learn something even if it's not what you like expect to learn so just trying to come at everything with you can teach but you can also learn mm -hmm. no matter who the person is you're encountering even if it's just like wow their life is really hard or like wow they had to do all this stuff that i never had to do yeah um, just kind of getting new perspectives um and then i think yeah if the final thing is just make accessibility is such a huge thing um and as information becomes more accessible and uh easier to get i think we're already seeing that in our society where you know doors are opening and mm -hmm. you know there's less gatekeeping and more people can uh you know do things if you just want to do it you can just go do it even more so now than ever before so yeah i think those are super well well spoken and well articulated responses i gotta say and i think you're beyond right and uh it's it's funny you say all of those things because yeah that's well where i align uh i mean i think about how much i've i've learned from you and from anyone i've encountered and 
like you said, it's funny you say that it might not be something you would expect to learn, but there's immense value from everybody's everybody's story. Um, yeah, and the and the I'm I'm curious. You said that you you can just because more of these doors are opening and accessibility is more of a thing. Um, obviously, there's still problems in that and more progress to be made made there. Uh, what sorts of things have you just gone and done now that you have the internet at your fingertips? Well, I uh, have bought like a solar training thing and just got certified in like some solar knowledge. And I yeah. just kind of, I guess that was slightly in person, but a lot. But then with COVID, it kind of went all online basically. Yeah. Um, COVID's been a big part of that too, is helping that and changing that. Um, I mean, the tough thing is just like finding the time to do it. But if you sure. have, I mean, I learned that I guess in high school too, is if you, if you want something enough, there are like so many programs that exist. It's just a matter of like finding it yeah. and like applying for it. But there's so many organizations and people doing work and you just got to try and get connected with them. Yeah. And it's pretty astonishing once you kind of learn that. Um, if it's okay, I kind of want to backtrack, I guess, yeah, to one thing I did it. earlier. You were kind of asking, and I kind of just remembered oh, this. Oh, no worries. Where you were saying kind of common science and building bridges is, that's kind of, my job is kind of in the trades-ish. It's kind yeah. of a mix between trades, but not 100% pure trade job, like electrician or plumber. Sure. Um and that's a thing that's like kind of a big issue right now is like our job, we're really trying to incentivize people to really like measure stuff and be really diligent about stuff and really think and design about stuff. So really like the core elements of, you know, science, like actually know what you're talking about, actually measure it, actually be specific. Yeah. Um, so that's a big way I see myself as like a common scientist is like, it's not like we're but then there's a lot of times where you can get really nerdy and theoretical and you kind of have yeah. to backtrack from that and you just have to be like, well, are you doing this basic stuff? Did you measure these things? Yeah. And trying to show people the benefits from measuring things and being specific totally. and scientific about stuff is you get better results and you get happier people and you're not, and you feel better because you're, you're actually solving things versus just guessing, I guess. Right. So, yeah. Sorry, I kind of got us off no, track. No worries. But that's a no worries. That's an awesome. When point. I hear common scientist, that's kind of my first thought. So that's an awesome, awesome point. Uh, is yeah, sy becoming more systematic, like people becoming more systematic, even in in the trades, uh, like adopting kind of that scientific mindset. I think is uh, incredibly valuable and also inspiring to hear. Uh, so as an as an energy auditor, what sorts of things do you, what sorts of things do you measure and track? What sorts of experiments do you run? Well, well, one is if people are feeling uncomfortable in mm -hmm. their houses, it's uh, a big cause of that would be like air leakage. So like drafts, mm. and everyone's felt a draft in their life, so yeah. they know they know that. But then it's uh, well, how how drafty is your house? Right. Because is it just a little bit and you maybe need to do one little bit here and you're done? Or is it like, no, you got to seal up a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So that's uh, 
a test is called a blower door test and it's basically you pull air out of house and you find all the leaks you create a vacuum on the house so that's one huh. obvious one the kind yeah. of the main staple yeah um otherwise just uh measuring you know the exhaust gases of your furnace to see how like how well is it actually combusting is it combusting at a in a way that maybe means it's gonna fail soon yeah in that, that way or is it doing fine and are there problems that you could maybe address to make your home safer so yeah. instead of just saying oh it's looks kind of like this and it's this old try and measure it as much as you can to see hopefully that makes sense I guess. yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it definitely does uh i think so yeah for me a parallel that i've started becoming more interested in is um yeah i i have not yet taken it much to to the like my apartment level or my my vehicle level uh but measuring things uh like measuring my steps and yeah like exercise and and since that's become more accessible thanks to to phones or whatever else uh i think that that's been super helpful for for me like for as far as maintaining the health of my my body um but i i can totally see as far as maintaining the health as your of your home if you're viewing it's the your same home thing as, yeah it's yeah. the more I, th- I mean i'm a pretty firm believer and that the more you measure stuff, the more you you learn and, yeah. and see more about the world around you. So, yeah, I need to measure my steps more. Too. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they're all good ideas, though. Like, and I think it's it's just finding what's right for you. Because also, there's there's a cost to measuring things. Because you yeah. can, like you said, you can get all caught up in the like the theory and stuff like that and never actually do anything so what is a step <laughs> what, what is a step <laughs> exactly <laughs> what is a furnace like exactly. yeah uh, that's really funny uh as far as somebody trying to maintain the health of their home or their apartment like what sorts of uh things might you suggest from a, i mean especially an energy perspective like maintaining energy efficiency and things of that nature what are some common um in your apartment you can uh make sure you're uh i mean i don't know cleaning is a you can get like an air filter and like have an and that it circulates air and as like indoor air quality is becoming more and more of like kind of the main stream and especially since you're in an apartment building it's a smaller space and you have way more people yeah. in your building so you're potentially impacted by way more pollutants so that's kind of at the forefront right now they're still doing a lot of research into indoor air quality but you can like yeah just try and keep your indoor air as clean as possible so making yeah. sure you're opening windows like mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. um fresh air is really important like yeah it's actually like if you start to feel tired, maybe try and open a window and see if you feel different. Like it's can be just um, high levels of carbon dioxide can just actually make you fatigued. So fascinating. That's uh, that, that's a simple one, I guess. And then for homeowners, um, yeah, making sure you uh, 
run exhaust fans, so kind of similar mm-hmm. to opening windows, but you exhaust equipment. You more likely have fans that you can run to get moisture and other pollutants out of the house. Yeah. Um, if you have, if you live in an area where radon is a thing, you can order a radon test kit. Um, mm. What would you do if you if you had radon in the area? You'd have to uh, test because it's it's pretty nuts. You can your neighbor can have it and you mm-hmm. can like not have it. It's totally yeah. random. Um, what is radon? For radon is decaying uranium basically in Dang. soil. It's kind of yeah. It's radioactive. It's slightly radioactive. Um, it builds up over long periods of time. It's supposedly the third leading cause of lung cancer in Dang. the U.S. Jeez. How they prove that, that is a great question. <laughs> do, do your common science research. Do your common science research. I mean, curious. how they connect yeah. that. But um, basically what they do to get rid of it is they just, it comes up from the ground. So they drill a hole underneath your house and then stick a big fan under the ground yeah. and then take all the gas that would have come up from the ground. It gets sucked into the fan. And then they just Dang. shoot it up into the atmosphere. And it, wow. it doesn't have any climate impacts or anything like that. Yeah. You just don't want it. You don't want to be breathing it. Right. Um, like in your indoor In a space that's confined. Like Yeah. What they say is the solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> so. There you go. Uh, I like that. The, dil- so, the solution to pollution is dilution. But yeah, not always. Good one. Not so, always, but yeah. <laughs> so what's uh, to. Yeah, not, not always. Um, but to break that down for our listeners solution obviously like answer but uh to pollution what it what is pollution so pollution would be any contaminants or byproducts from processes so like burning things or maybe Mm. making things or it could be naturally occurring like radon um and then that could basically be harmful to the environment or Mm -hmm. harmful to your personal health and yeah harmful to the environment like destroying ecosystems or causing adverse effects with you know plants and animals and their reproductive systems and things like that yeah and then dilution dilution is basically just the more you have of something that's neutral and the smaller of the pollutant the less impact it's going to have yeah so a good way to kind of think of it is if you've ever done like tang or like Mm. old country lemonade or whatever yeah. The less of that powder you put in the water, the less it's going to taste like the powder. Yeah. It's going to taste yeah. more like water. Right. So in that sense, the more water you have, the less you're going to taste or be impacted by that pollution yeah. in certain things. But depending on the chemical or the type, some things are way more potent. So yep. uh, like a good example is like lead. Lead yep. is super, super, super potent like you just need a very small amount of lead even if it's a ton of water or whatever substance it's in and you're gonna have impacts of it yeah so it just it really ranges on what you're dealing with um that was a little nerdy that was a little nerdy (laughs) it's all uh super valuable it's good common and good common so i mean if you live in an old apartment building or an old building where a lot Mm -hmm. of people do lead is a concern that can exist so yeah i i think uh so just to just to iterate or reiterate to just the 
solution to pollution is dilution. Yeah. And that's like a rule of thumb, not in all cases, but just kind of a fun little uh, rhyme that I, I enjoy uh, as far as like thinking about indoor air quality and, and all sorts of things of that nature. One thing, uh, when you when you say the lead uh, poisoning as a bit of an aside, or the lead, the effects of lead, I think uh, to the Mad Hatter from Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Uh, for our listeners, people who would make hats back in the day, I'm not sure exactly. Do you know why they would use lead? They use. I mean, lead. lead's a really solid substance. It has all these like it's strong and it's like malleable. I know yeah. that, so that's why they used it. Yeah, they would use lead commonly, and then the uh, it became a phrase, Mad Hatter, because all these people who were making hats would go a little cuckoo. They'd go a little, they'd have lots of yeah, <laughs> mental, Alice in Wonderland. mental problems, um, and it was because they were working with lead so common, commonly. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a really good, definitely a little nerdy, but that's the common science cast for you. Uh, that's... That's too darn funny. Um, one other idea for people in apartments or homes that I've heard you uh, share with me that I definitely need to get better at is unplugging <laughs> appliances. Uh, I've I've gotten better in the kitchen in particular, uh, but I could I could do better. My my partner Lauren, who she might get a little ir- irritated with me. Uh, she. Uh, uh, for for calling this out on the cast, but uh, she has expressed that that would, I mean, bug the crap out of her if if she would have to plug in the TV every time or whatever else, which is super understandable too. I don't replug in my TV every time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, okay, uh, well that's good to know too. But learning yeah. certain things where you can certain things where it's you can, I so I unplug my microwave every time and mm, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, what would be the so think about the Pareto principle, which is, Oof, what's do, you, that? do you know that? No, I don't. So it's that 20% of the input tends to lead to 80% of the output. Okay. So like the, there's a few high reward activities that tend to lead to most of the effects. So like, okay. and like a concrete example would be. And, it, and it's they see it in all sorts of instances too, like 20% of people produce 80% of GDP generally across countries. Um, beyond that too, like you think of creating a presentation, like the first two hours of work are much more impactful than like the last four or five. Um, but just getting like the, the basics and the most uh, influential pieces in there tend to lead the most of the app output or the effect so what would be the most the appliances that might waste the most energy that would be most worth unplugging that might be might require some common science research might require some common science research yeah Yeah, i mean it really depends on the type of appliance you have um and measure it you can measure that you can get a, a little meter that you plug your appliance into, and it'll tell you exactly how many watts it's using, even if it's off. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what you know. I recommend f- people to measure. Or the thing that I... You can't really do it in an apartment, but if you're a homeowner, you can start to do it, is mm-hmm. uh, you get a meter for the whole house, and it mm-hmm. starts to learn all that stuff automatically for you. So it's a little bit more... 
hands off and yeah, technology saving the day, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is and that way you, it'll start to identify those things that are using more power okay. for you, which is kind of nice and which things it'll give you options of how you can save more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, otherwise just, uh, you know, your laptop, you don't actually have to leave it. I, I'm really bad at this, but you don't have to leave it, you know, plugged in once you get it charged. That's one plus, thing I could do. Everyone I leaves their laptop plugged in like the whole time overnight. But once it gets to 100%, you can take that cord out and just make sure it's shut so it's not like using battery and then it's good to go. I think, isn't it also bad for the battery too to leave it plugged in? Yeah, I don't. Is that, yeah, is it's that like true? it's it's over time with batteries as they charge, like fully charge up from empty, it loses lifespan. Um, I know that. Like, so that's why after a long time, after your phone, like if you've had a phone for a really long time and you charge it and then it just starts dying in like three seconds and you're just yeah, like totally, <laughs> you're like what 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 is occurring i'm not like watching the lord of the rings on repeat like i don't get it yeah (laughs) so um that's um yeah just trying to figure out which appliances use the most so things that gaming systems can use a decent amount so you can Mm. get my i don't know how much this has saved me and i I don't think it saved (laughs) me a lot but you don't have to have your gaming system on all the time. So just have that turn off mm-hmm. when your TV mm-hmm. is off. Because mm-hmm. sometimes your gaming system can be on even though your TV's off. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's a good thing a to way look to out for. Save yeah. energy. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's funny because it's like these small actions. They don't seem like much, uh, but they add up over time. Like if, if every day for 365 days I unplug my laptop at the end of the day and yeah i mean it would yeah i mean the fun fact i learned from the energy star website is it's a lot more energy saving to watch something on i mean it makes sense when you think about it but if you watch streaming on your computer versus on your tv like with a smart tv yeah it's a lot less energy to just watch it on your laptop huh because it's just a smaller screen it's a smaller screen i think and i don't know exactly all the details but yeah that's fascinating. So, like, if you're fine, if it's just you, you know, and you don't need the big screen for, if you're fine with it, just, like, sitting in your bed, then yeah. do that. Yeah, I think uh, that's one, I mean, it's it's nice to have a TV, um, but if it's something that doesn't add a ton of value to your life, I think, of people, especially in studio apartments or yeah. that are just living on their own, where um, maybe it... Maybe it, it doesn't add so much value to the, their life. Because in, in the U.S., it feels like such like a, a rite of passage. I'm just like, oh, I've got my own place now. i got to get myself a TV. And like there's some cultural piece there. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of cultural pieces around the stuff in the U.S. Right. for sure. Yeah, where it's like I need one of everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a, a an awesome point. Uh, and I might have to bring it up to Lauren as well. Sometimes she'll uh, watch movies or, or things on her iPad rather than the TV. And so I can let her know that she's yeah, maybe it's balancing out. Yeah. It's balancing out somewhat, somewhat by using her iPad instead. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's been a, an, a great conversation. Uh, I'm just curious to, when it comes to 
common science tidbits? What other sorts of uh, pieces you might have? Like, what else you think of when you hear that? Uh, I mean, obviously, you brought up like the measuring more in terms of the trades, uh, but you and you brought up a heck of a lot more too in terms of energy. But is there anything else that I comes mean, to mind? The way that I see this podcast is like it's really about encouraging and. Um, have like yeah encouraging people just to ask questions and you know questions are how you learn things and so don't be afraid to ask questions basically that's how I think of common scientists and uh, yeah it's once you and also just like yeah when you start to ask questions you start to learn how everything is super connected and that's crazy when when you think about it yeah like yeah I mean we already did that with lead you have you know, Matt Hatter, and then that's Alice in Wonderland, and then you get to <laughs> literature, and then it's like all this other stuff going on. So it's it's pretty yeah. cool once you see how all these things are intertwined. So just um, yeah, asking questions, and also and just like not and trying to say that yeah, getting some of the answer, even though if you don't have a PhD in something, doesn't mean you can't go try and learn a little something about it. So that's I definitely try and take away from yeah. it because some topics can be really intimidating and you're like well crap i don't have this i don't know right. this but just trying your best to kind of learn one thing at a time and over time then you'll be like wow i've learned an actual little, a lot so yeah yeah that's hopefully that answered that's, your question <laughs> yeah totally it, it was an awesome answer uh i think that uh yeah, totally what you're talking about, about the connections and learning a lot over time has been uh, incredibly rewarding to me about this process uh, in that I start to, the more I know, the more you see, or the more I see exactly the connections. It's like, oh, like the more I know about lead, then I can finally make that connection back to Alice in Wonderland. And it's just this really cool kind of feedback loop yeah. asking questions and then seeing these connections and on that note i would like to thank you bryn for appearing on the common science podcast yeah, uh, thanks a, for having me on as a fellow common scientist and yeah i really appreciate having you on i appreciate you as a human being i pe- appreciate learning something from you every time we have a conversation (laughs) and uh i want to close this with saying to our common scientists out there uh yeah uh, like bryn said there's a heck of a lot of effort that go into these things so you can either support us by visiting our website common scientists with an s.com and subscribing to our email newsletter you can uh, also access our patreon through there and yeah until next week you can hit the subscribe button and get uh get notified next time we we are releasing a cast either on on youtube or any of your favorite podcasting platforms and to wrap it up uh yeah that's this week's story cast and we hope to to we hope you tune in next week